Welcome to All Bodies on Bikes, the podcast, where all bodies are good bodies, all bikes are good bikes, and all rides should be celebrated. All Bodies on Bikes is a movement to create and foster a size-inclusive bike community. So join your hosts. I'm Maggie. And I'm Marley. As we explore the complexities of the biking world, help us break down barriers and create the world that we want to see. And don't forget that all bodies really means all bodies, not just larger bodies, but bodies of all sizes, ages, races, abilities, genders, sexualities, and beyond. Come along for the ride. I found it. All right. Well, folks. Marley is, if you are following her on Instagram at all, you know that she's um, trying to see if she can drive a Kia Soul through all 48 connected states currently. So she is out and about today, but we are going to have a fantastic conversation with a very exciting guest. Her name is Laura. We are going to get into that conversation in just a second. But first, I want to let you know a little bit about her. So we're going to be talking with Laura Blythe today. Uh, And Laura is a tribal citizen of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, living in her ancestral homelands of Western North Carolina. She has a passion for learning about her culture and helps educate others through her job as the program director for the Cherokee Historical Association. Laura is an outdoor enthusiast who enjoys dabbling in pedaling, backpacking, hiking, and camping, but her true love is cycling, which began in late 2019. Someday soon, she plans to add bikepacking to her adventure list. Through cycling, her goals are to help introduce mountain biking to other members of the EBCI and make sure that they are aware of how the power of two wheels can help reconnect them to their culture, land, language, spirituality, provide mental and physical health benefits, and help overcome generational trauma, which plagues Native communities. As a Fire Mountain ambassador and community volunteer, Lara has been in the process of laying the groundwork for a community group, Unspoken Bond, which she hopes to launch this year. Through this group, she hopes to grow the Fire Mountain family by offering beginner clinics, starting a youth program, creating a volunteer group to help maintain the local trail system, and hosting a bike fest on the land and creating a connection to Cherokee culture. So that is Lara. And Lara, we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, let's get started pretty pretty simply. How did you get into biking? Well, um, as a youngster, I used to cruise the main streets of Cherokee with all my buddies. And, you know, yes. being a kid playing on a bike, um, those are just the good times. And so decades later, um, there's a program here that the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians and when I say EBCI, or you'll hear me say that, that's what that means. Eastern Band okay. of Cherokee Indians, that's the name of our tribe. But our tribe does a program every year, which um, cyclists will do a thousand mile bike ride along the northern route of the Trail of Tears. You know, and the Trail of Tears is, is a uh, major event that took place within our tribal history as well as many others. And so with this program, you know, it kind of started piquing my interest. I would see my friends complete this ride. Um, and when it first came out, I was thinking, who would want to ride a thousand miles on a bike? That's <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just insane. But the more I saw it, the more uh, my friends would would do this journey and talk about the, the history and the stories that you could hear and find out. Um, it, it intrigued me more and it made me want to get into it. And so then Fire Mountain Trails, the local trail system here in Cherokee, was built in 2017. And I work, uh, I run the venue that's located right below the the trailhead. And so I would be at work and I would see all these people come in and out um, with their bikes, come out bloody, muddy, dirty, (laughs) sweaty, all of the things (laughs) that goes along with being on a mountain bike. Um, But they would come out happy. They would have a good time. They would be in a group of friends, crack open a beer, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, that looks like fun. I could be a part of that. (laughs) I could want to be a part of that. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, after just a couple of years of thinking about it, I decided to rent a bike from the local bike shop. Um, to see if I could remember how to ride a bike, you know, sure. and the old saying is true. It's just like riding a bike, but 
Um, I had to develop a little bit of bike balance and figure out that, you know, riding kind of like flat gravel areas was fun again. And I would take my daughter with me. And at that time, I was like, well, this is a new a new outlet, something healthy. I've been an, a lifelong athlete, um, mostly team sports. But, you know, it was just uh, something new, something fun. And it was built in our backyard. I'm five minutes away from the trailhead here. Yeah. The program that the tribe does is a really big, intense program. And all of those things combined got me back on a bike after probably three decades, you know, 30 years or so of not being on a bike. I had some really bad experiences when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a bike. And so I, I let it go for a while. I've got two children. So that ruled my life. And now that they're older, I get to play a little bit more on my own. Um, mm-hmm. And so all of those things combined has gotten me on a bike. And in 2019, I bought my first hardtail um, rock hopper. Nice. Okay. And if I invest what I thought was an astronomical amount of money for a bike at that time, I better be willing to get on it more often. Um, So I just just fell in love with it. I, um, you know, I wound up applying for the thousand mile ride. I I trained for that and um, went through all that ordeal. And but I just I've, I've developed a love for being on a bike anyway with my friends uh, on the road or a mountain. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's how I got into biking or all right. reconnected with being on a bike. It's so interesting to me how you, cause there are a few things where before I started really biking, I would look at it and be like, who, who would do that? And then you bike for maybe three months and you start going, I could do that. <laughs> It's not as bad. It's not yeah. that bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, I had a friend do an event. Like It was insane. The things that they were doing in the snow in Alaska. And I was watching and listening to them. And I was like, why does that sound fun? <laughs> that shouldn't sound fun. I don't know what that says about me. But anything rowdy, give it to me. I like there you it. go. I like it. I like it. So you said road or, or mountain biking at this point. Do you have a favorite? Honestly, I love a healthy balance of both. Um, I would, I would have to give it to mountain biking because Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of traveling to go mountain biking, um, on a road, not so much. Um, I will, I love road, but I love them for two different reasons. Um, endurance comes from road and power and a lot of burpees come from mountain biking. In my mind, that's what it feels like. It's doing like hundred burpees up and down a mountain. Um, And so I would have to say my favorite is mountain biking just because I've gotten to travel a lot. Yeah. I've gone on a lot of trips with friends. I have gone camping and we've done nothing but ride bikes all day. And, you know, like you said, some people are like, why would you want to do that? Because it's fun. That's why it's been life changing for me. And so just, um, uh, I don't know. I've had some really good times in the past couple of years on a bike. Absolutely. Well, I love that you mentioned in your bio that one of the things that you're really passionate about is um, helping other members of the Eastern Band of the Cherokee Indian uh, understand how two wheels can, I'm just going to go back and find it, um, connect you to everything. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, for our tribal members, how, how, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I have to go a little bit more in depth. Um, I didn't grow up in a very cultural household. Okay. Um, you know, my, my family, we didn't speak the language in our house. We didn't follow a lot of the customs and traditions that, um, we as Cherokee people have in our background. And so later in life, um, well, through my job, one, being the program director of the Cherokee Historical Association, I've worked with this organization since I was 15 years old. I took a little bit of a break and I came back. And so I've learned a lot of Cherokee culture and history just being in the position that I am with my workplace. Um, but I've done a lot of uh, programs that our tribe offers to kind of help grow adult leadership 
and they focus a lot on Cherokee values, Cherokee customs, Cherokee traditions. And I was selected to go through one of these programs and it opened my heart and my eyes up to what it means to be a Cherokee person, how I can connect to my roots and who I am. Um, and so once these programs and my, my workplace, I was hungry for more knowledge. Once I was able to go through these programs and see these cultural sites and hear how our people were resilient and strong and survived through so much, um, you know, historical trauma that I felt like one of the things that we do as Cherokee people is we pass on knowledge and we have to help grow and build and be um, part of the community. Uh, Gadugi, we have to produce and we have to have purpose and help help all of our members be a better version of who they of of who we can be. You know, we can we consistently are supposed to grow and be a part of one another and help one another through our customs. Um, and so, you know, that's helped me connect to my spirituality as a Cherokee yeah. person and being on a bike. And I know that even not being Cherokee, a lot of people feel this when you're outside, when you're in nature, um, you just feel something that that is peaceful, that connects you and helps your heart settle and helps your mind and your body and your soul settle. And so both of these things have done this for me, my Cherokee culture, connecting um, who I am as a Cherokee woman, as a Cherokee person, as a community member. What am I supposed to do through cycling? I have found tohi, which means peace in our language. And I feel like I'm combining two passions and two loves. Right. And I want to be able to connect both for our tribal citizens. So anybody who wants to be on a bike, how can you continue to learn your culture and learn your history and perpetuate our customs through kind of a modern, a modern process, you know, being on a bike in the woods. Um, do you know that this plant is medicinal? Do you, do you know that the, you can eat these herbs and these mushrooms? Um, I've gotten a few things translated from English into Cherokee related to a bike and it's mountain trails just so that little piece helps keep our language alive i'm not a fluent speaker um, i've only gone to a couple of beginner classes but these are the ways that i'm hoping to be able to connect you know the power of two wheels talid um dig a glue two wheels to to our people and you know if you want to get on a bike with me let's one let's go ride let's have fun let's get dirty and and disgusting but also feel the peace that being in nature can bring learn your spirituality and the connection to the things around you and what you're supposed to provide back to the earth and not just take and take and take yeah. um, so like all of these aspects the tradition the stories those are the things that i want to tie into being um to being in the woods on a bike with your friends how can we perpetuate this so that is my goal um and of course i don't want to exclude anybody so sure. you know it's there there are certain things that we don't divulge to people who are non-cherokee members um but i always think that it's also good to educate everybody you know educate who we are um educate about our people our culture so people know that we're still here you know we're living breathing community we're natives and I know that we're, we've been um, marginalized, but we still have a voice and we still need to, to help push it and promote it and, and also educate ourselves about it. And so I'm hoping that this is one way, a new way, a different outlet who, for whoever's interested. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be like a, a primary focus for unspoken that we've talked about. Um, Tell, tell me a little bit more about what you've got planned for that. We're, we're hoping to get that up and running this year. It sounded like that sounds pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, so just over the years, building friends, building network through just being on a bike, it's, it's been kind of a snowball effect. Um, I talk a lot. I socialize. I love to be loud and rowdy and, and I've met a lot of like-minded people in this <laughs> community. So that's been really fun. Um, but I've also met so many people who are just open to being helpful, um, open mm -hmm. to giving advice or these are some programs that we've done. This is what you could help help your community grow with. Um, 
And so I've been want, wanting to do, I, I do some volunteer work, uh, you know, and then a lot of us in the community will go up and, you know, help with the trails or help with any event that might be going on. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to, to start building something bigger and have a good base for a kickoff. And I was talking to my friends and one of my mentors, I was like, I need a name for this, something, something that's not normal, but something that we can all understand. And so he texted me one and he was like, what about unspoken bond? But spoke is written in capital letters. So you can have the cycling. And I bust yes. out laughing. And I was like, perfect. Yep. I was like, it is such a cheesy name. It, to me, it sounds like one of those old love song ballads from 19. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Unspoken well, Bond by George Michaels. We love it. It's our favorite. <laughs> on the top 100s. <laughs> 1983. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, like as a cyclist, you, you know, you're on a bike, you know what it means whenever you find your crew, your community, the people that you love to be around. Um, and you all have an unspoken bond yeah. um, and you have unspoken bond with everybody in the cycling community, no matter who it is, um, you know, the pain and the sweat and the fun and how good um, it feels after you, after you do that hard ride and you made it through. Um, so all of those little pieces are kind of what is behind the name unspoken bond. I can yeah. go to any bike park in, in the world and there's going to be an unspoken bond between myself and every single rider in that venue. Yeah. Um, and so I, th- I thought it was a perfect name. Cheesy as hell. I love right. it. And it, it fits. <laughs> we love a cheesy name. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten the, the company name kind of doc, not the company, but it's just the community group of people sure. who just like, but uh, it's a community group of one to two right now, but I'm okay. Hoping, um, yeah, it's everything the love of bikes, friends, family, gadoogie, which is community. Yeah, um, I hope for it to create the love for cycling. Um, another aspect would be connecting to culture and traditions, um, and being in balance, uh, balance on your bike, but balance also in your body and your mind, mm. um, with nature. Yeah, and it'll be about growing relationships and and healing. Um, one of the biggest things that I kind of come back to is, you know, historical or generational trauma that Native American communities face. And yeah. for me, I know what types of things I've gone through um, throughout my life being from this community, from outsiders, even part of the generational trauma is how our families grow up and the types of things that we see and perpetuate Um how do we heal from these things? How do we heal from what took place in boarding schools that we didn't even know are still affecting us generations later? Yeah. Um, but I feel like hopefully with this this group, we can kind of reach out. Um, I want to start a youth group uh, or like a youth um, a youth program, maybe like a six-week program at first, just take take kids out, um, get them familiar with being on a bike and also incorporate some of our culture into that and yeah. then help connect in two different ways to try to be able to heal from whatever might be bugging them. They might've had a really bad day in middle school that day. You know, that's a tough part of your life, but um, you know, those little things, I think that this community group could help and reach out with a youth group, uh, do a good, do a bike day, um, for the entire community. So families know that they can come participate all together and everybody can have fun. Um, starting a volunteer group through it to go clean the trails, to clean the trailhead, you know, and a lot of these things have been done. I've already kind of helped, um, assist, uh, the fire mountain people with, with doing these things, but I just kind of wanted an umbrella for it. And that way, I could seek grant funding. I could seek things, you know, if I need volunteer, um, if I need tools for volunteer days, I might be able to seek a grant for that. So it's easier to do it with, with a name and a formalized kind of thing, as opposed to just me as an individual, just because I like riding bikes, doesn't necessarily get funding. (laughs) Uh, And so recently 
you know, my sister helped me out. We were able to get a grant to be able to start this group. You know, I'll be able to uh, purchase six bikes somehow. Um, yeah. I'm hoping, you know, I'm hoping we get some good quotes turned in. Um, I host Thursday night rides already. And we right. and we eat and drink and be merry and talk about, talk about whatever we feel like, you know? And so it's just, this is a group that I hope expands and grows and helps build the Fire Mountain family just so we can continue to advocate for, hey, we like trails. We like being on bikes. Right. The community can see like, hey, you know, this is another outlet. Not everybody plays basketball. Not everybody plays football. This can be an individual sport that I want people to understand that, that can take you all over the world. If you are invested in it, you can go anywhere in the world almost and ride a bike. Yeah. And then you can race, you can be a part of a team, you can either way, you know, um, I think that the lack of exposure to the sport of cycling, whether it be road, gravel, mountain, it's just not something that's introduced uh, to to native communities or rural communities as easily. Yeah. Uh, so my goal is to first and foremost, inform our people like our tribal citizens about you know, the benefits and the healing that I've gotten. Nobody really cares about an old woman on a bike, but that's not the point. The point is you can grow and you can help take care of yourself and you can overcome a lot of hard obstacles and a lot of hard heart hurt, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a new outlet. Physical, mental health benefits are, you know, they're unmatched in my opinion. Yeah. That's because we we talk a lot as all bodies on bikes because we're we're not here to get you to bike to for any reason other than the fact that you enjoy it. Um, and the one thing I always come back to is if if I'm having a conversation with somebody about biking and health comes into it, I'm like, if you want to talk mental health, I'll talk to you for days because that is the primary version of health benefits that I get from getting on my bicycle. Um, so I love that and. I have discovered also in biking around in other places, you live in a state and you're just kind of like, this is my state and it's great, I guess, but whatever. But I've talked to people from other places and realizing that like North Carolina is on a lot of people's biking bucket lists has kind of blown my mind. And so like the Fire Mountain Trail System, that is just right in Cherokee, North Carolina. Um. Tell us a little bit about the trail system. How many miles of trails? Like what kind of, what kind of difficulty range do we have going on over there? Yeah. Uh, Fire Mountain Trails was built in 2017 and, you know, we had a, um, it was, it was grant funded at first. And then now the tribe actually takes care of it and helped uh, do the contracting to have it built. It is approximately 11 miles worth of the trail. Um, and it ranges we have we have one labeled green we have a couple of blue trails um and then one black diamond trail but overall you know i wouldn't say it it has a true green beginner trail okay um if you are brand new fresh out of the gate it's it's very frustrating to to try to get up there um but you know, after a while, it's, it, it, uh, I'm not even going to lie. After a while, it still kind of sucks to ride up there. <laughs> a lot of I appreciate the honesty personally. <laughs> but, you know, the, it's, it's flowy trails. You can climb two and a half miles to get to the top and you can bomb three miles down. Then you can drop into the Black Diamond Trail, do some drops, go over some jumps. Um one of our trails, Kessel Run, is, you know, the downhill only trail, and it has nothing but tabletops and jumps all along the way. A couple of little rock gardens and a little bit of technical features, but nothing, nothing insane. Um, it's just, it's a fun trail system, and it's easy to get a, a, a lot of laps in if, if that's the kind of rider you want to be. <laughs> uh, usually I'll do one, maybe one and a half, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that's good. Yep. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how I do that as well. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. A hmm. Beautiful trail system. Side of the mountain. It it got its name because uh, it would um, it would catch fire. We would we have fire season around here because of course we're in the mountains. Everything dries out and yeah. It was notorious for catching fire, whether it be arson or, you know, natural causes, whatever. Um, and so because of that, that's why it's called Fire Mountain Trails. Yeah. But it's, it's a great name. It has a beautiful brand. Um, yes. I was able to translate the name into Cherokee with the help of a couple of fluent speakers that, that have been gracious enough to help us, you know. And, right. and it's also the same as all or save the language help help push that so um i don't know they're they're hometown trails i love to ride them sometimes i hate to ride them (laughs) there's there's a little something for everybody up there and i do take beginners up there i'm more than happy to uh if somebody wants to try it but we break it down you know we'll we'll get over this hill we'll take a break we'll go along this little straightaway we'll take a break let's make sure you enjoy it and like Get, get you a base built but um we have a local area our our mother town Gadu, uh, is uh located between cherokee and bryson and that's the that's the mother town that's where the creator put our people in our stories that is where the cherokee people started yeah and it's flat it has a, about a three mile loop gravel around it and, you know, I really, I like to go down there and I like to take people who need to know how to change gears and need to know how to set their bike up properly and get comfortable on their bike. That's a great space. Plus, again, I go back to the connection to culture. I mean, where, what better place could you ride than the place that the creator made for you to be, you know? Yes. Uh, I love that. I love that. All right. So my other my other question now, because you've said that you've traveled a lot for mountain biking, I'm kind of switching gears here immensely. Other than Fire Mountain Trails and North Carolina, where's where's a favorite ride you've ever done? Other than Fire Mountain Trails in North Carolina? No, just anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> so last year I was able to go to Rome Fest in Sedona. Okay. Um, those that was fun riding it was scary and it it took me to a different element of riding right my skill set for my style of riding that i was accustomed to however being out there made me a better side but made me a better mountain biker 100 um but i will say that my absolute favorite ride ever which this solidified my love for mountain biking was a ride that i took in dupont um dupont is located Brevard, Cedar Mountain area. Um, but, you know, I had just gotten into it. I'd probably been on a bike maybe six months, maybe eight months. And I still didn't have, I didn't have my, a skill set at all. Like I was still just trying to stay upright. Right. But, you know, I was promised that it would be a fun ride. It would be a pretty easy ride. And at the same time, I was training on road, so I had the endurance part. It was just the ability to navigate wet routes and and slick rock and mud pits, all of I've crashed on all of it at this point. Right. So I was like, all right, all right, I will try it. You know, my son bought me my full suspension uh, mountain bike. And okay. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go try it on this new bike and we'll see how it goes. It was, we get there and it's raining buckets, raining, it's muddy, it's filthy, gross, so slick everywhere. Um, but it was the absolute best mountain bike ride I have ever had and it truly made me fall in love with mountain biking you know the person, the person that took us over there was was understanding and gave us breaks and said hey this is about what you're going to come up on and um just take your time you don't have to try to go fast right now just just make it down safely you know and with all those components and those those suggestions put into one ride I mean I'm I'm pretty sure we all either fell in love or re-fell in love with being on a bike. Um, we got to see waterfalls. We got to jump in the lake and then wash all the mud and gunk off of us. And so that's what truly solidified my love for mountain biking. Um, and I don't I don't know if I've ever had another ride that amazing. I've had some wow. really good rides, but that right. one I will never forget. Yeah, that's fantastic. We love We love rides like that. 
Let's see here. And you said that was in DuPont. Yes. Okay. That's one of the places I just, I started meeting people from other states and other countries and they're like, yeah, oh, I got to get out to DuPont and Pisgah. And I'm like, no, that's where I live. You got, what, what did you mean to say? Yeah. They, I mean, there's just amazing trails that, you know, there are people train for professional events over there because it's some of the, some of the gnarliest stuff I have seen. Of Mm -hmm. course, I haven't gone to, you know, Whistler or anything, any, in the Pacific Northwest yet, but I right. will. That um, yet. So it's, you know, there's things over there that I'm, that I know skilled riders won't ride. So <laughs> it's got something for everybody in that mm-hmm. area. Yep. Absolutely. Now, you also mentioned that you are hoping to add bike packing to all of the other outdoor adventures that you like to do. Do you have like a route picked out yet? Do you have like a plan for that? Or that's just what we're, what we're aiming for next? I actually looked on the bikepacking.com to see like recommended rides and right. they a, uh, like a two day uh, or a three day, two night looking glass. Yep. Like, right. The route is there. It'll give you the stops. So that's actually the one that I want to try first. Yeah. Um, I, I just recently along amongst a lot of other recents for me is um, I started camping and I tried, I did my very first, bike or backpacking trip about a month ago um and so I'm just like okay let me let me see how I'm going to be able to if I'll be able to handle this I like to test the waters before just diving in um so but I no it's something I truly want to try and I have not been able to uh to get there yet just because I'm trying to organize all these other things yeah so many things yeah yeah I have, I, I, you know, the idea of testing it before you jump in, I forget to do that step. Uh, so I support you testing before jumping. In. <laughs> <laughs> I, my first bikepacking trip two years ago, I think. And it was, I got, we were almost back to the car and that was the first time, luckily that it crossed my mind. What in the world made me think I could do this? <laughs> but again, I'm really glad that that didn't, never crossed my mind until I was almost back to the car because I would not have done it if I thought about it for seven seconds longer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sometimes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I'm told. <laughs> we like to get ourselves in like uh, that. What they call it type two fun, but I think it's sometimes it's just trouble. Uh, yeah. I think we try to sell it as type two fun, and it's just trouble. <laughs> it's just being dumb yeah exactly exactly all right well and another question for you um specifically with your tell tell me what you what your job title is again i am the program director at the cherokee historical association okay um so tell us some of the stuff that y'all have got going on with that organization so Cherokee Historical is the umbrella organization. We're a nonprofit organization. Um, we're in the heart of the cultural district here in Cherokee, but we operate two separate venues. One is Mountainside Theater, which is home of Under These Hills, famous outdoor theater production. Um, been on stage, I want to say, for 73 years. Wow. Well, COVID, COVID, we did have to shut it down, but it's one of the longest... Um, outdoor theaters still running in America. And also we run the O'Connell Lefty Indian Village. And that's the venue that I'm a little more responsible for. Um, We have our artistic director who runs the show and the theatrical production, things like that for the theater. Mine, the O'Connell Lefty Indian Village, it focuses on true Cherokee culture, authentic, um, kind of told to you by us. So if you're a visitor and you're not Cherokee, you come in and you see us, we are Cherokee and we're sharing our history and our customs and our our culture with you to uh, see our artisans do our traditional crafts, Mm. feed our pottery in the traditional way. Um, Also, you find out about our our clan system, um, how our current government runs compared to, you know, past government and you know where we come from who we are what our where our language came from how was it invented um 
all of these things you can learn at, at our venues. And, you know, Under These Hills, if you don't know, is the story of the Trail of Tears, kind of what led up to it, how we were able to either go through it and be the Cherokee Nation from Oklahoma or remain here and be the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. We were talking specifically the Historical Association, and you were explaining a little bit about Unto These Hills. Hills, yeah. The the oh, I was talking about how you know a lot of people get confused about Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, Cherokee Nation. You know, yeah. Cherokee Nation are those who came. They went. They went through the removal, the Trail of Tears, and wound up in Oklahoma. The Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians, we are um, one of the three federally recognized tribes today who remained here in our homelands. Okay. So that, that's the difference, and a lot of people know that. Everybody just kind of lumps. And yes, we all came from one place, this place, um, but now there are actually three federally recognized Cherokee tribes. Okay. I guess I knew that. Um, well, I, so this question kind of stems from a conversation I had with a friend who is, um, she is a female cyclist, a BIPOC female cyclist, a, I I love the way that you said it in one of the emails, you said thick chick, and that's my new favorite self-descriptor. Um, and we were talking and she has, she talked about the fact that like in each of those different areas, cycling has meant a lot to her but it feels like sometimes she has to separate each of those three parts of herself um and first of all i would just ask do you feel like we are moving in a direction within cycling where it's not are we moving away from splitting up into groups like that and just if you're on a bike we're glad to have you you know honestly i think I think that maybe part of that had been started whenever I first started getting into it. Right. Because I've never truly experienced, you know, having to be a piece of myself for any given group. Um, you know, I don't know what it is. I grew up with five brothers. So okay. guys do intimidate me, you know. I would say that I'm more intimidating to them um, just because I'm very headstrong. I'm, I'm loud. I can, I can cut them down harder than they can ever think to cut me down. Yep. Uh, Right. You know, so I'm, I've never truly felt that. So I don't, I don't know. I felt I've always, if, if, if I'm not included in your group, so be it. See you later. You know, you're enough to be in my group is what I say. Right. There you go. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I yeah. hate people feel like that because I mean, the amount of joy and the amount of love that we all feel from it, everybody should be allowed to feel that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think that that's the ultimate goal. And, um, I, I do see more people being aware. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've heard a lot about, uh, BIPOC and I've heard a lot about, you know, um, being bigger or having, you know, an adaptive bike, or, I mean, there are people who are even complaining about the usage of e-bikes, which makes it better and easier for all bodies to be on bikes. You know, my dad, my dad rides an e-bike with me, you know, and I love it because I wanted him to have a form of therapy after something really bad happened. and you know he's lost 60 pounds he rides the road with me and he don't stop talking when i'm out of breath you know (laughs) yes there's just i don't i hate that there has to be movements or a call to action or whatever because that's not fair that's not that's bullshit in my mind yes um but we all know it's around we all know regardless of what label you're having to walk through life with, there's a reason those labels came into play. And whenever people can, can open their eyes and open their ears and think like, why are these people having to be labeled? Why is there a BIPOC affinity space? Why is there, you know, a women's only space? Why is there, because it hasn't been easy. 
It hadn't been easy for people to break into the sport and to be able to just enjoy being on two wheels. Like it's been very hard for people. And, and I hate that because like I kick doors open, you know, like I don't, I don't care what you think about me. I, I will do what I want. <laughs> I will yep. enjoy being on a bike <laughs> and I don't care if I'm the fat brown girl in the back, <laughs> you know, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> you know, Get on the same page or read a different book. Those are those are your options, honestly. Uh, and the book that I'm reading is really great. So if you choose a different book, that's your own problem. And by all means, choose your own book. But oh, sure. don't mess with me while I'm reading mine. I like it. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we are we're nearing the end of our time together today. We've got two questions we like to ask all of our guests before we part ways. And the first one is just very simply, what is your, oh. Before we do that. Okay. Can we go over one thing? Yes, we can. What did I miss? Damn, where'd my screen go? There it is. Um, I would like to kind of talk about the things that go on at Fire Mountain and maybe like something, oh, yeah. okay. something big that we're getting ready to do. Love it. Okay. Fantastic. Um, well, we've talked about the trail system. Do y'all have any like special events at Fire Mountain? So every year at Fire Mountain, we actually run our um, our Fire Mountain Inferno, and that was started in 2018. Uh, it's run every year, except of course through COVID. But the Inferno for a couple of years, it was an enduro race on that Saturday, those first Saturday, and then it was a cross country race. But uh, this year. We actually did a two-day enduro race at Fire Mountain. Nice. Phenomenal turnout. Everybody, we had this block party down here by the bike shop. Um, had a bunch of vendors come over, some some supporters from the Brevard area, the Pisgah area. Um, it was just a great time. And so we hope to continue to be able to run that every year, you know, and, and we hope that it keeps growing. Now, it might get to the point where it gets too big and we have to kind of cut things off you know, a good problem to have. Absolutely. Local little trails. Um, but we also have other organizations who come in and host events. You know, people are starting to recognize that it is a great venue. It's a great space. Um, we have a couple of people who will come in and do their own enduro races. We also have a couple of local entities who last year we had a pedal, a women's pedal fest here. Okay. And this year, I know that they're going to be utilizing Fire Mountain for a tread fest and maybe even another pedal fest in November. Um, and so it's just really good to see that our trails are getting recognition and and people love them. I mean, absolutely love them. They're e-bike friendly. Some of the only e-bike mm -hmm. trails in our immediate area. And so, you know, it, they're just open. They're open for use. And the, one of the biggest things that we're getting ready to do and you know, Jeremy Hyatt, he's kind of the manager for the Fire Mountain Trail system, and he's been working very hard to expand and grow for our community and to get more people on bikes. And so I've kind of like tried to help in that effort, but he has finally worked it to where we can get, we've gotten approval through our tribal council and our government and whoever approves the funding. Fire Mountain Igniter Park. Okay hopefully be breaking ground maybe later this year or really early next year but this is going to be a 30,000 square foot asphalt pump track yes there and intermediate skills areas it'll also have two gravity trails um and it'll have you know canopies for people to sit under maybe watch their kids play there'll be a small retail space and so it's just been it's been great for our tribe and our you know our executive departments our tribal council to recognize that outdoor recreation is another outlet to bring people here and to get our local members on bikes or out i mean they could even walk around the park while their kids are rolling on the bikes you know yeah. just another way to to do you know good physical fun yeah uh, but I, that's extremely exciting. Any of us in the Fire Mountain family, we've heard about it for a little while. It takes it takes a lot. You know, you got to get a lot of approvals, a lot of people to sure. sign contracts, things like that. But, you know, we're almost there. And if we can get, the, you know, if, if actually Jeremy can get this last piece signed off on, 
we hope to have like the best bike park in the southeast come in 18 months maybe Heck yeah at the latest so you know y'all should keep your eye out for that um if you're ever out this way you need to holler at me i can show you the space yeah. i can show you our trails we can go down the gadoon right so Heck yeah um, but yeah, those are some big things coming out of Fire Mountain. Um, it's really great. Fire Mountain is kind of branded. It has its own disc golf course right here. So it's just, it's cool. And I've, I'm great. a little biased because I'm also in North Carolina, but I mean, great trail system in some of the, some of the prettiest, prettiest mountains you're ever going to see in your life. So if you guys are looking for a destination on a place to bike, you need to come on over and go check out these trails check out the park when they get that up and running uh, and just make a, I was going to say a weekend, but like a week out of it. That'd be good. That'd be yeah. good. To, you, know. you know, our bike shop has a tap room. Come in, have a beer, yeah. eat the food trucks, all that good stuff. All the good things. We love a food truck and some beer after a bike ride. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't beat it. As a oh my gosh. As a <laughs> yep absolutely that makes it even better i think <laughs> oh my goodness gracious well now that people have learned all about you and all about everything going on in that area of the country where can they follow you where they where can they follow um the eastern band of the cherokee indian where can they get more information on what they can do when they come to ride fire mountain trails so we have um we have a website visit cherokeenc.com and that kind of encompasses everything kind of what is available here uh, under these hills Okanalati Indian Village Fire Mountain Trails um, it'll give you a map to all the the trailhead locations if you need that um, Fire Mountain Trails itself has its own website for retail purposes but it's also on Facebook and on Instagram Fire Mountain Trails um, let's see what else do you need to know um and anybody is also welcome to reach out to me. Yeah. Life on Instagram. Um, I'll be happy to answer questions. If anybody comes to Cherokee, holler at me. I'm always ready to roll and be a tour guide. <laughs> That's fantastic. Love that attitude. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bother, bother you next time I'm up there. Yeah. I'm just going to go and throw that out there. I mean, I heard you come to the G5 trails. I'll come over there. I exactly. Have trail system. We'll just, we'll just do all of them. Again, I'm just gonna come up for a week and just go everywhere I, to every every trail system. Yes, yes. Two year trip. <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, for our, our our closing two questions, um, the first one is very simply: What is your perfect day on a bike look like? Perfect day on a bike. I love to have a good group of friends go over to maybe, you know, I always come back to DuPont's. It's one of my favorite trail systems. Um, do a good cross country style, but anybody who likes to just do like ridge line down, roll quick, um, that that's kind of the perfect day. Go over there as a group of friends, Set a good pace. Don't worry about what time we got to be home. Mm -hmm. um, snacks, maybe even pack a lunch um, so we can sit oh, yeah. by a river and, and plow food at some point. Yes. But, you know, just just a good day filled with friends, laughs, cut up, bust on one another, um, wrap up the ride, little little hurt, little sweaty. Hopefully nobody's bloody. Right. Um, get back to the car and, you know, roll to the local bike shop and have a beer or to the local Mexican restaurant, wherever it may be, you know, yeah. food, bike, friends, fun. I don't know. Like any, any time those elements are, it's always a great ride. It's always a great day on a bike. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. That's my, the, the, just give me those ingredients and I'll, I'll make my own great day out of that. There you go. I like it. We're making soup. Oh my gosh. And then, with so many different things that you are into and that you like to do, what is something that you wish you got to talk about to people more that more people asked you about? What do I wish people would ask me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yes. 
Um, <laughs> I wish people would, um, you know, walk up to me and say, hey, Laura, I have this this airplane ticket to, you know, Europe, and I really need a, a friend to go do a bike tour, you know. I wish people would come ask me that. That would be, yep. And I would say yes immediately. Um, all right. What what, I, what do I want people to ask me about? Um, you know, ask me my, like, ask me what my thoughts are on how beneficial in all aspects being on a bike could be. Yeah. Because we could we could have a really good long conversation because I'm sure if anybody is asking me that they have their own thoughts and their own opinions and their own benefits that they see. But I really love to share that part um, because I hope that people, you know, can feel my passion for it. And then maybe it will entice them or spark them to say, maybe I'll give that a try. Maybe I'll, I'll get on a bike and rent from the bike shop and, and do some flat gravel for a little while and then go try trail, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just want to be able to exude how much um, love and passion and fun I have for being on a bike. Yeah. Well, speaking from this one zoom call that we've had it you you do exude you do exude that energy <laughs> this is gonna go like you won't be able to see my mannerisms and stuff right it's only audio right. it's right? only audio yeah <laughs> okay because i talk a lot with my hands <laughs> yeah well laura thank you so much for chatting with us today uh it has been a pleasure and Everybody that's listening to this needs to, first of all, share it so more people hear it and know what's going on. And second of all, you need to be uh, planning your trip to Fire Mountain Trails. When does the Inferno usually happen in the year? So it usually happens in spring, usually late April this year. It's going to actually be this coming year is going to be on my birthday. It'll be on the May 3rd, 4th weekend. Amazing. Yeah, it's going to be a good party. So, yeah, you got to you got to be there. 2024 because we're gonna have just a two-day birthday party for laura and also bike races so why would you not be there there's not an answer to that that would be correct other than you will be there end of story (laughs) i'll let you you pop a tent up in my backyard there you go perfect all right well y'all thanks for listening to all bodies on bikes the podcast i don't know why that felt necessary to add on there and it's not the album um and uh, we will be back with more soon. And Laura, again, thank you so much for chatting with us. Maggie, thank you for having me. This is an All Bodies on Bikes podcast powered by Feisty Media. The show is produced by Maggie and Marley and edited by the team at Feisty Media. Thanks for listening.